turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. AM 1220 KDOW is proud to present the podcast of Real Life Lending on Money 2.0. Now here's financial services expert Eric Elovsky-McKay. Good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Real Life Lending. We are your Northern California show for what's new and true in mortgage finance and real estate. And today we have Jessica Couch here again. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Good evening. Great. Happy to be here. Remind everybody who you are and what you do. Um, I'm a full-time real estate agent. I really enjoy helping people find their family home or helping them sell their family home. But what I really love doing is finding um, duplexes, fourplexes, multi-unit that you can cash flow on day one. Making money for our investors that are listening. Yes. Those of you that are new to the show, this show was created about, God, almost four years ago because of my sheer frustration of what I was hearing in the media. Um, how difficult it was to get a mortgage, how terrible the real estate market was, how there every, it was just nobody could be trusted. It was just a bad investment. And I'm here to promote you, the consumer, to help you guys uh, understand what's new and true and what you can do and what you can't do. So this show is all about you, and there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us. If you have questions about a purchase, a refinance, your uncle's and brother's cousin told you you could qualify for a mortgage and you want to verify that, give us a call. 925-203-5808. Again, 925-203-5808. That's also our text line. You can call into the show or you can give us a text. Uh, or you can go to our website, reallifelending.com, reallifelending.com. A little bit about myself. I've been in the corporate finance and lending industry for about 26 years. Currently, the Northern California Area Manager for Essex Mortgage. I hire and train and run the bank for Northern California, but the best part of my job is sitting across the kitchen table from you, the listeners, helping you get back into home ownership or buy that first home, your first investment property. Or I helped somebody this week, Jessica, buy their first 25-unit apartment complex. Wow. So, I mean, we do it all here. Again, if you have any questions, give us a call. One of the things we do for all of our listeners is we will take any paperwork that you have, a loan estimate, or any even a real estate structure. We'll, we'll review it. We will give you our two cents, and two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to tell you that, hey, this is a really good deal. It's market, and I'm probably going to call that loan officer and offer him a job. Or two, I'm going to tell you, hey, this is where you can do a little bit better, and here's why. And I know that it's kind of that. It's all about the team. In right. real estate transaction, uh, we know it's an emotional thing buying real estate, Very. And, and we find that out every day. And we tend to take it personally as our as as most good professionals nah. do. <laughs> but uh, you know, one of the things that we do at Essex Mortgage is we want to take all the guesswork out. So we're going to educate you. That's what we are at Essex Mortgage. We are educators. We're going to tell you exactly what you can do based on your goals, your financial situation, and get you fully pre-approved before you even start looking for a home. I know that, Jessica, that's something that agents love, right? Because you guys- It's a necessity. You guys don't get paid till it closes. Right. And, and, and that's one of the things that we will do is when you, we want you to know before you write that offer, we want you to know what your payment's going to be. We want you to know what the costs are going to be involved. We want to know how much money you're going to have to come to close with. We're going to know what down payment assistance programs you qualify, right. what loan product, and we're going to try to do all our text work up front so we can actually hand your file to an underwriter, 
get you fully underwritten pre-approved, meaning not just a prequal, but you're going to know all the facts about that purchase and then you're going to be a well-informed buyer. And sellers love that, right? Sellers not only love it, but it's great to have you call and, and put a word in for my buyers. Like, sure. you know, today when we're up against eight or nine other offers, it's, it's, yeah, it's a necessity. We will do whatever we can. Yeah. <laughs> hey, would you like to be on a radio show yeah. next week? Anything I can do to get those offers accepted. No, just kidding. Well, I think it's that. And it sets the bar up front for having great communication. Um, knowing that we have a good buyer, they're pre-approved, they have funds to close or whatever their situation is to make it the most attractive. But that sets the parameters up front with we're going to have good communication. Absolutely. And now is absolutely a great time it to is. buy real estate. And even though the last day or so we've had the market take a little bit up, we are still at phenomenally low rates, probably lowest ever in some certain, depending on the product that you're going to use. And everybody knows how much I love to talk about rates, but I mean, and, and it's anything can move our market. And I, there was a time back in the day where I could look at certain economic indicators and tell you where the market was going, what the bond rate was doing, where interest rates were going to go. Now, it's all guesswork. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, some, some industry standards just to show you nobody knows what's uh-huh. going to happen. Uh, Freddie Mac says 2000 Outlook is strong and Brexit could have a really big effect on us keeping interest rates low. But the U.S. Treasury and, uh, and, and the Fed saying, oh, not going to have any effect on our market. So in the same paragraph in the same day, uh-huh, these I'm two sure. articles come out. So listen, folks, what, my whole gist of saying this is that rates are low. Home prices are, are pretty steady right now. We're not I, seeing the craziness that we saw the last few years. I would say it's stable. Stable. Certainly anything priced appropriately is getting multiple offers. And that in itself is driving the price up. So, I mean, the one thing that if you're renting, you should be buying a house. Absolutely. Uh, and that's one of the things that uh, we try to educate you is that for what you're paying in rent or maybe a little more, maybe sometimes even a little less, mm-hmm. you can own a home and fix that cost of real estate for the rest of your life. That's what the key thing is. Forget about making money. Forget about... Uh, uh, appreciation, forget about making a ton of money after 10, 20 years. Yeah, that's going to happen. But talk about fixing the cost of real estate. California, we have the highest single family home rent increases in 2015 in the nation. True. I mean, how, I mean, if you're, unless you're in a rent controlled uh, property, you're feeling it right. these days. Uh, and that kind of gets back to, to where our market is. You know, we, we still have some inventory issues, right, Jessica? Yes, very limited inventory still. Even in um, the neighborhood, you know, bigger, nicer, move up neighborhoods, sure. we're finding that there's still limited inventory and we're getting eight and nine offers on, on each property. So it's still um, still difficult well, to let, get in. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you've seen a bank-owned home? Are there many out there? Very, very few. Same with short sales. Very, very few. And that's one of the things that, that uh, foreclosure inventory is back to 1%. And this came from CoreLogic. Um, that foreclosure inventory, foreclosure inventory, and that's the number of homes in some stage of foreclosure, dropped to 390,000 in May, representing 1% Wow. Of all uh, mortgaged homes in the U.S., that's that's like a twenty five percent decline from a year earlier, uh, when the inventory was like five hundred seventeen thousand of foreclosed homes. So uh-huh. uh, the market stabilized. Those of those of most people that could have did, uh, or hopefully the economy is getting a little bit better, depending on who you listen to. Right. But uh, we are at a great peak. And but just to go to show you, there's the the five states with the highest number of completed foreclosures. Uh, Florida at 63,000, Michigan at 45,000, Texas 27,000, Ohio 23,000, California 23,000. Um, but they, these, these five states that I just mentioned account for almost half of all completed foreclosures nationally. Wow. Those five states. Uh, and we are at 0.4% in California 
It's so much nicer working with sellers than working with you know, real people versus the bank and a, you know a, um, an online source to put in offers. It's I really prefer to work with real people. Yeah, because the bank doesn't know any disclosures, right? right. They're not required to say give you what's wrong with the property. Right. Well, not only that, they won't fix anything and it makes, you know, lending difficult and, you know, for a whole slew of reasons, I'd sure prefer to work with real people. Absolutely. Um, which kind of gets me to, to a point. I thought it'd be a great idea and a great time to remind everybody what the, what the seasoning period is for foreclosure. Oh, that would be great. Um, if you want to buy a most most Bay Area jumbo loan in, in your area, that's anything over six hundred twenty five thousand five hundred loan amount. Jumbo loan still a seven year wait after foreclosure, seven years. Uh, now we do have Alte products that yeah, will I was shorten. Say there's that. a way around that. What we is have, it again? You know, we can go up to three million dollars, twenty percent down one day out of short sale foreclosure, but. You're not going to get that 3.5% interest rate. Right. You're going to pay for it. And this is just basically Wall Street coming back into the market um, and saying, hey, we're going to provide you – know, the lending industry is kind of where we need it to be. It makes common sense. If you can prove your income and you have a job and you have decent credit, we're going to allow – and actually, we can go down to a 625 FICO score on that $3 million loan. But if you have the income and, yeah, you might have had a hiccup – we're going to fund your loan, but you're going to pay for it in an interest rate. So those can be done. So jumbo loan, a foreclosure, seven years, a short sale, seven years, conventional loan with Fannie or Freddie, seven years, uh, and three years out if there's extenuating circumstances and extenuating cir- circumstances, uh, it can be a death in the family, company relocation or a shutdown. Um, but I tell you, those are tough to prove, tough uh-huh. to document, and I've done very few of them in the last uh, six or seven years. Um, FHA foreclosure short sales only three years. Nothing. Uh, yeah, and again, two and just let's go bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is seven years on a, a jumbo loan. Fannie or Freddie four years. FHA is only two years out of a BK. So start planning. You know that's one of the things that I think most people don't do. They give up. They don't know the rules. And that's one of the things I really think that educating yourself. And what's one thing I'm finding, and I'm probably sure on your side too, is that that buyers know what they want. And they've right. done their research, and they're not that anxious to buy something. Would you say they're a little more selective these days? I would. I would say we're dealing with a much more educated and, and savvy buyer and seller, which is it's really rewarding to work with people who do understand what's going on and have done their research. Are we seeing the inventory shortage again that, or that we're seeing the last few years? Oh, absolutely. I think that shortage is going to continue. I think everyone had high hopes for getting into summer and seeing a lot more inventory. I just haven't seen it happen personally. Well, one of the good news is that you know, we talked about rents increasing here in California. Uh-huh. Um, half of California, this actually came out, uh, uh, who did this? The California Association of Realtors, 2016 renter survey. 48% of the state's tenants aspire to home ownership, which is good news because the first time home buyers were, were really slow. You know, right. The last couple of years became a smaller, smaller portion. Um, those of, those of you that were in rent control departments are even more likely to become home buyers. 54% saying they plan to buy a home someday. And one of the things I found interesting in this article is 39% of these future home buyers, they're going to purchase a home in the same County in which they currently live. Only 23% plan to stay in the same neighborhood and only 7.4% say they'll leave the state. How interesting. So it doesn't account for the city. I mean, I, I am seeing a lot of folks from the Bay Area move right. up here. You know, Absolutely. Old, old, some folks over 55 taking advantage of that Prop 90 and Absolutely. moving up to El Dorado County. And we're helping another customer right now move into um, Elk Grove. That's right. Life changing. From San Jose. Right. Who I just spoke to before on air. Hopefully they're listening. They're supposed to be giving us a call. Oh, 925-203-5808 if you're listening. But the vast majority of renters, 76%. 
opts for single-family homes, uh, particularly Generation X, 83% of millennials, 81% of the silent generation. Who is that? Who is silent generation? <laughs> I haven't heard of that. But uh, this I found interesting, and, and you tell me, because this is one of the reasons why I moved up from the Bay Area to this right. area, because I was taking care of a parent who was who was ill at the time. Um, and, and aging relatives are the top of the mind for significant portion of future buyers, with 38% planning to purchase a home to accommodate their parents or adult children. I, I don't find that surprising. I mean, I, I see a lot of it. And millennials were the most likely to buy a home for multi-generational living. 42% answered that Interesting. question. Um, I think that's great. Uh, now, us in California, Golden State tenants planning to buy a home have a median annual income of 54%. And pay median monthly rents of twelve hundred dollars. Northern California has the highest annual incomes, which you know, especially here in our Bay Area, doesn't right. seem like much, of fifty thousand dollars, and the highest rents of fifteen hundred from the national average. Um, when we come back, I think uh, I've got a kind of a tick, a look at the typical U.S. home buyer okay. and seller, and I want to see if it fits kind of your profile. Um, one of the things that I want to sell, if you're listening and you have any type of questions, refinance or purchase, give us a call, 925-203-5808. Again, 925-203-5808. I've got a note here from my producer. The silent generation is the one before the baby booners, sometimes called the greatest generation. Oh, thank you. I learn uh, something new every day. I do. That's great. Thank you. Hey, uh, you're listening to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220 KDOW. We are happy to be part of the Money 2.0 team. My name is Eric McKay. I'm here with Jessica Couch, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back, everybody, to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220 KDOW. My name's Eric McKay. Today we have Jessica Couch in studio. Hi, Jessica. Good evening. And we just happened to have one of our clients on the line. Hello, Shannon. How are you? Fine. How are you, Eric? And hi, Jessica. Hi, Shannon. We are doing great. It's hi. funny. We were just, your ears burning. We were kind of talking about <laughs> you a little further. That's great. I, I'm, <laughs> you know what? We have a lot of questions. I'm pretty sure we work, work your ears off, both of you. Absolutely not. That's what we do. But you know what? You, it's, it's, without giving away too much information, you are a barrier residence that's taking advantage of the market up in the Sacramento area. And, uh, you know, you are what we call a super commuter. Not so much you anymore, but I know Daryl is. Well, I'm still doing the commute. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. You've been, you've you've been through the, you've been through the process so far. Has it been that difficult? Um, you know what? I was really surprised. I was apprehensive at first and thought I had to do um, a lot of legwork. But honestly, um, you have made it really easy to understand the process in layman's terms. So, which works for me, I can make the connections put the dots together, and it all makes sense, and it's been so easy for us. Well, that's good. It's not that difficult, and I think that's what people really need to understand. We're, we're here to help and, and help uh, explain things and educate everybody, and I've been doing this a long time, and I still learn something new every day. So, you know, those of you that are, are apprehensive, you know, give us a call. It's, it's not that difficult. Well, I think that's what's nice about having a local lender, that you can sit down at your kitchen table or in an sure. office. You don't get that kind of customer service when you're working with a lending institution in Detroit. The, the time is, you know, it's a different time zone. It's only phone conversation you can't walk in and say i don't understand this help me help me with this what what do i do 
you here? And I think that's something that really sets you apart. And at least, you know, Shannon, it's nice to know that somebody listens when we're talking into these fuzzy mics. So we appreciate that. Yes, for sure. Well, thanks for being part of the show, Shannon. Yep, thank you for the great testimonial. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. And you both have a nice evening. You too. Bye, Shannon. You know, that's, and, and I believe Shannon was, was told by another lender that she couldn't buy a primary residence. Uh, so far away but from her, right. her, for her, her job. They said there was a, a mileage restriction on it. And uh, they, the number that they gave was 65 miles. And, you know, and we get that a lot. There are a lot of super commuters that take advantage of the home prices up in the Sacramento or even further north and commute to the Bay Area. I know both markets. I've, I've grew up in the Bay Area. I moved up here because I was taking care of a parent. Kind of funny situation we were talking about last segment. And uh, the rules, there are no rules. There are no mileage rules with conventional loans, FHA loans, VA loans. There are no set mileage rules that you can purchase a primary residence how far from your work, your employment. If it makes sense, if it is makes sense and your your employer is aware of it, and obviously we know the Bay Area is a unique market. Right. And I have somebody that lives above Sacramento that commutes to Sa- uh, Santa Cruz. He's a firefighter. Wow. Uh, every week. So, I mean, as long as it makes sense, uh, we will, we will make it work. Cause one of the things that we do, we are a direct lender. We're not a broker. We make all lending decisions in house and that's, that's what it takes. I can pick up the phone and talk to the underwriter, that person that's going to make that decision before you even get into contracts. So, Which is the way to do it. Then absolutely. we avoid any hiccups. Absolutely. And you know what? They are such a nice couple to work with. And, they they, and they are. If I want something, they get it. And, and honestly, they ask quite right questions. And that's why I'm in this business, you know, and and you know you've been doing this a long time clients per friends by the time we get this thing done yes. and it's a it's an emotional experience and and more than likely you have a meal with them and you send cards to them and you call it christmas cards and uh-huh. it's just the way it works right no you become rather close to people when you spend 6 weeks with them and you know tight quarters and in the car and you know if it's a listing you know you're spending a lot of time at their property with them so yeah, yeah I, it it is really nice i'm blessed to work with such great people and people trust you because they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and oh, you it's, have it's a to work big with Trust. Right. And we get that. And, you know, one of the things that, that we we really like doing is is sitting down and, and making sure that you understand the, not only just the numbers, but the process, because right. there's a lot of a lot of verbiage and a lot of language that you may not understand. And we'll try to make it as easy as possible. And sometimes we forget. Uh-huh. But, you know, raise your hand and we'll make it as painless as possible. And I think. One of the things we need to do, Jessica, is put a homebuyer event on the books. We do. And we might, we're going to do one in the Bay Area, probably oh, in the East fun. Bay. And uh, you guys can come and meet. And that's one of the things that we do is we put these together. We feed you. You come and ask questions. We're not going to ask you for any information. Come say hello. Have some good food. Have a drink. And uh, just learn what it takes to get pre-approved and purchase a home today. I think those are always fun. We have um, worked with numerous people that have come to homebuyer events in this nice no-obligation setting where they could ask all their questions and... They, they end up realizing, oh, I could I could make this work. Oh, right. I could use down payment assistance. I didn't know that was an option. I had a, a veteran uh, that uh, came and uh, didn't think they could buy, was planning on buying next year. We did a little work on their credit. They closed last week. Wow. Uh, a nice new home uh, in El Dorado Hills. And those are the kind of things, the success stories that, that we like. Because nice. somebody who's been told no before and handing them the keys to the house, that's, that's what right. makes my day. All right, folks, we are coming up on another break here on Real Life Lending. If you have any questions, give us a call, 925-203-5808, 925 925- 
203-5808. And those of you investors out there that are listening, I know Jessica's got another multi-unit that she's going to talk about before the end of the show, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Wake up, everybody. Welcome back to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220 KDOW. We are your real estate show for what's new and true in mortgage finance. And today I have Jessica Couch. Hi, Jessica. Good evening. One of the things I thought would be fun today is we talk about you know, new buyers, new sellers, and what, what the process is for that. But this is actually something that came out uh, from the National Association of Realtors that I thought would be kind of cool for everybody to listen to. It's a, tip, a look at typical U.S. home buyers and sellers. And it kind of asked a question about who's the typical home buyer, how's the home typically financed, how satisfied is the buyer when the deal closes, and what about the seller? And what about the role of the real estate professional uh, in, this, obviously, this crazy transaction that we do every day? Um, so the National Association of Realtors sent out a national survey, and they do this every year. But these are the answers from last year, and I thought it would be kind of funny about the characteristics of, of home buyers. Okay, who's, who's I'm actually ready. buying homes, which I kind of find a little bit interesting because it's not it, it doesn't fall within my book of business. And I want to ask you the same thing. First time home buyer last year accounted for thirty two percent of all purchases in the U.S. Um, is it, say that's right. No, and, I would and, think and that the West, sounds right. In the West, it made it all about, it dropped to about thirty percent of transaction. The, now listen to this: the typical buyer was forty four years old and had a median household income of about eighty six grand. I would say that probably rings true too. I'm seeing a lot of first time home buyers that are you know in their forties. They're not young kids that sure. are getting you know gift from mom and dad to make it happen. They're you know young professionals that are are buying their first home. And I think a lot of that has to do with maybe when they hit their late twenties and thirties, they saw the crash right, and it kind of right. scared them for a while. So now they finally realize that hey, things are back. Or um, they just decided to get back in. Or you're actually considered a first time home buyer if you haven't owned a home in the last three years, right? So that might be a little different skew, skew of this, yeah. this numbers as well. Um, two-thirds were married couples, 15% were single women, and 9% were single men. So single women are buying more houses than single men. That's I Right work, on, girls. Yeah, No, I'm, I would like to work with more single women. I tend to work with a lot of single men. I don't work with as many single women. And, of course, a lot of married couples. Sure. And 7% were unmarried couples. Um, and in the West, uh, similar. The only significant difference was West buyers were a little median income was a little higher at ninety seven thousand. Thirteen percent purchased a multi generation home to take care of aging parents, which we kind of talked about in the last segment. Right. Um, for cost savings, adult I mean, we all know this: the boomerang kids, the adult children were moving back home, uh, and the same thing happened in our region as well. Right. So interesting. Um, new homes accounted for sixteen percent of purchases. I'm not surprised. You, you would take somebody like uh, the you know client that we just talked to recently, sure. found a new home. We did do all of our investigation, showed him several used homes, and the n- brand new home ended up being a better deal. We didn't have competition as we would have on, on a used home. So it ended up working out. Well, builders are starting to build again. Right. So we're seeing that. Builders have been sitting on these lots for the last eight years, and they're finally getting to use them. Uh, biggest motivator for purchasing a new home, buyers said they wanted to avoid renovation costs. And problems with plumbing or electricity. Uh, buyers of previously owned homes most often said they found them to be better bargains, which, you know, older homes usually a bigger lot, right? Yes, yes. Should somebody be afraid of an older home? I wouldn't. I mean, I think it depends on what neighborhood you want to live in. That's, that's usually a big factor, you know, what neighborhood and then what your price range is. Right. Um, median distance, again, we're a typical home buyer. Median distance between a buyer's previous home and the one they just bought, 14 miles. Interesting. Yeah. I thought you were going to say um, what the distance is to work. So I was thinking, I, I sell to a lot of people that end up working pretty far from, from where their, their new home is. I would agree. Um, 
Another statistics, typical home that was purchased recently was 1,900 square foot, had three bedroom, two baths, and was built in 1991. So that's the average. Interesting. Uh, buyers said they expect to live in their homes for a median of 14 years. 23% said they are never moving again. I would have thought that would have been a much higher, a much higher. <laughs> it always feels like that. Yeah, never again. Um, but you know, one of the things I want to talk about is usually older homes. If you're doing your inspections, I think you get better value for an existing. I, home I would agree. And yeah, you know, well, you know the way that I do this. I like to come in and do a sure. pest inspection up front. I pay for that for my buyers. I make sure we know what we're getting into before we go into home inspection and then appraisal, which they're paying for. I want to save them as much money as possible. And if, if it is a problem house, I want to get out of there before they've spent any money. Absolutely. All right. I think we're coming up on another break. When we come back. We're going to talk about some statistics. Again, we're talking about the typical U.S. home buyer and seller. We come back, we're going to talk about uh, what the stats are for searching for a home. All right, folks, you're listening to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220. My name is Eric McKay. We'll be right back after this. All right, folks, welcome back to Real Life Lending. Today, we're kind of having some fun. We're talking about the typical U.S. home buyer and seller. And I got times flying, but uh, searching for a home. We all know that you know the way you search for a home is a lot different. My dad, I was in the real estate business, and I remember MLS being a big book each week. I heard about the book. Uh, you had to come out instead of looking online to look at homes for sale. You had a big book, and it was like four inches thick. And you went to your real estate agent, and you looked through it, uh, the, the typed the typed descriptions of the home. Uh, but these days, forty two percent of the buyers' uh, first step they took in the home buying process obviously was to look online. Fourteen percent. They first contacted a real estate professional. Would you say that's probably true? I think that's true. I think they start online, and once they find something they're interested in, or they find you know what they believe to be comparables for their neighborhood, that's when I get a call. At the end of the process, eighty-seven percent bought their homes with the help of a real estate professional or broker, and that that actually grew to ninety-one percent in the Pacific region, which is our region. So ninety-one percent used real estate broker. Uh, Buyers typically search for ten weeks. And looked at a median of 10 homes. Yes or no? I would disagree with that. I would say we usually look at uh, 20 homes. Not because there's a lot of inventory, but because we'll look in several different areas for the price point that suits them. And I think more like three or four weeks seems to be before we get into contract. We see everything there is out there and start making offers. Here's a statistic that surprises me. And maybe it it has maybe a mirror in our industry or I don't know if it's nationwide. 56%... or, I'm sorry, 59% of home buyers were very satisfied with the process. But that's up from 56% a year ago. And 88% said they would do, use their real estate uh, professional again or recommend them to others. I think that's not – hopefully this has to do with education where, you know, we're just dealing with savvier um, buyers and sellers now that know what questions to ask and, and know what is acceptable and what's not. What that tells me is they understand that the, that maybe the real estate professional, the, the the lender or the agent is doing their job, but we're bound by the rules. Uh-huh. And maybe they don't like the rules. Maybe that's what's making them unhappy. Uh, so it tells me they're going to refer us again for 88% of the time, but 59% of the time they were unhappy with the process. So that sounds about right. Um, searching, uh, let's see, buyers typically search. We talked about that. Financing. Let's talk about financing. Oh. 86% of buyers finance their home purchase. Which surprises me. That means 24% is paying cash. I'm surprised by that number. Um, 60% of home buyers, the source of their down payment came from their savings. 46% of buyers save six months or less for their down payment. 38% of buyers use proceeds from the sale of a primary residence to finance a home purchase. Uh, and 80% of buyers said purchasing a home is a good financial investment. You know, that's that's interesting because we see, especially in our area, maybe because of just the, the demographic that we have, we see a lot of people 
getting gifts for down payments from just gonna family ask. members or grandparents. It doesn't reflect that uh, in these numbers. Or using down payment assistance. Right. We have our grant that I know a lot of our clients take advantage of. No repayment, no recapture of funds, up to 5% of the loan amounts, which will cover your down payment and some closing costs for FHA. So, I mean, there are other programs. We CalHefa, which is used to be the old CHIDAP has not only a, a first, they have a second and a third lien to cover down payment and closing costs. So that's available. So there are a lot of different options out there. And one of the things that you really need to do is through our pre-approval process is kind of learn what's available to you. Right. I couldn't agree more. All right. Let's talk about home sellers, characteristics of home sellers. Okay. Most common cited reason for selling a home, it was way too small, followed by job relocation and desire to move closer to family and friends. Say that's right. Absolutely. Uh, seeing a lot of move up buyers these a days. Lot. Finally, yes, that's the last piece of our puzzle to get up to get moving. Eighty nine percent of sellers worked with a real estate professional to sell their home. Ninety five percent in our area. Uh, sellers typically lived in their homes for nine years before selling, down from ten years in the previous year's report. I would say that's true as well. I think a lot of the move up buyers I'm dealing with have been there ten plus years, and we're getting contingent offers accepted, and you know we're accepting contingent offers. So it's it's really nice that everyone understands how this domino effect works, and we're able to work together to make it work. Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, uh it, it seems that everybody thinks long term. Oh, right. this, I'm never, like the last last question is, I'm never moving again. Uh-huh. But the typical loan cycle or or loan life is usually seven or eight years. Right now, maybe interest rates are super low. Maybe maybe it'll extend a little bit. But it really does become a numbers equation of how long you're going to stay in that home, and that has a lot to do with the refinancing questions that I get all the time. You know, should I refinance? How much do I need to save? Well. If it, if if your refinancing costs you three grand and you're saving four hundred a month and your break even point is less than a year, then yes, it's a great deal as long as you're staying in the home over a year. If it's going to take you seven years to recoup your refinancing cost, then then as long as you're there over seven years, so there's really a lot more to it than just monthly savings. And that's one of the things that give me a call, work with me directly, and and we'll figure it out for you. Um, sellers said they sold their home for a median of forty thousand more than they paid for them. Probably a national statistic. I would say statistic. that's really low. Yeah, it's I mean, the, a national yeah. statistic. couple we're working with right now is walking away with two hundred and thirty-seven thousand. We, we were talking about that today. Oh, that's I said, great. you know, it's great that you guys, you know, purchased a home when you were young and got into a great market. If you would have, you know, just been renting a place this whole time, you wouldn't have that equity to put into a bigger, nicer home. Right now, it's for sale by owners, uh, and I know that people try, but it's statistically that you'll sell your house for more money if you use an agent, correct? I would completely agree with that. The other piece of that equation is when you're not, you don't have the marketing aspect, everyone's online, you don't have that ability as a for sale by owner. And second, the buyer's agent is going to come in and most likely work you, but they're also going to want a commission. So I don't, I just don't understand the mindset of what you're really saving in that um, equation. Well, the numbers are 8% of home sales were for sale by owner. And that's again is where a seller uses doesn't use a real estate professional to list their home. They stick a sign out in front or maybe post it on Craigslist. We see a lot of that. And that's down from 9% last year and the lowest share recorded since survey started in 1981, which is good. It means that the agents are actually uh, making a, a, a strong case for using them. And I, I think it all gets back to they make more money. Right. Even after paying a commission. Right. I would agree with that. Uh, for sale by homes. For sale by owner homes typically sold for less than the selling price of those assisted by real estate perfection, uh, professionals. 210000 versus $245,000. So Interesting. That's, that's a difference of, you know, $35,000. Right. Um, and that is your typical 
U.S. owned buyer and seller. Interesting. Well, I get this is nationwide, so it's hard right. to you know make that work for just just our little um, neck of the woods here. I know we're going to be coming up on a break here soon, but one of the things I wanted to touch base on is uh, for the fourth straight year, home buyers from China uh, invested more money in U.S. real estate than any other foreign country. They huh. also purchased the most units. And the highest price homes in California remains one of their preferred destinations. So we talk about, uh, you know, China devalued their, their currency. Everybody's rushing to build a solid investment, especially in the Bay Area, San Francisco, even though you're, you bumped down the number two. And I'll talk about that after the break as the, real, uh, the country's hottest real estate market. Um, we'll talk about that when we come back. All right, folks, you're listening to Real Life Lending. I'm here with Jessica Couch. My name's Eric McKay. We'll be back right after this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220 KDOW. My name's Eric McKay. We have Jessica Couch in studio. And Jessica, I know all of the investors out there are just leaning into the radio right now. They want to hear about uh, the properties that you're going to pitch today. Well, we have a few. Um, I think our mark seems to be right under 170, which we know as a multifamily with sure. 25% down. We'll put our mortgage, what you, what you give me the number of? Somewhere around you're like probably like around seven seventy five a okay. month principal interest tax insurance something like that and again one of the things folks Bay Area investors we get so many calls because you can cash flow day one up right. north and and you can enter the market at different levels where you know it's going to be much more costly for you in the Bay Area so go ahead Jessica what do we have um, we have one in Oak Park which is a favorite neighborhood of mine nine five eight one seven up and coming you can still get a good deal on a property I have a duplex there at one hundred and sixty nine thousand um, each unit is well one is bigger than the other three bedroom, one bath on one side, one bedroom, one bath on the other. You're bringing in a total of thirteen forty five in rent. And you're paying seven seventy five PITI. Correct. So that's a home run. Yep. And it's been updated already. Um, I have another one in Modesto at $139. And the rent coming in is $1,250. So decent deal there as well. Mm-hmm. And we have one in... Stockton at one sixty nine, and rent coming in is again um, thirteen forty five. Decent numbers. Wow! And how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to see these properties? Um, or you know, you could just text me, and I can sure. send them over to you, and you can see for yourself. These I didn't make them up. Absolutely, they're, they're real properties. <laughs> I can send you a list no of others. No here. obligation. Absolutely, they do go fast though, because we sometimes That's we true. get calls the next or two or three days later, and you've already talked to a listener and have got them in contracts. Right, we've we, done. we did that not too long ago. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, 916-532-8916. You can call or text and I can get you a list of these properties. Or if you're interested in maybe a small apartment complex or a larger apartment complex or a fourplex or you know something to cash flow with a, a different... Um, sure. If you're looking for a 25-unit uh, apartment complex, you know, w- w- you know, one of the things that you need to know is if it's four units or under, we can use residential financing. If it's five units or above, it's commercial financing, and which, we, which I can do. I've done it for almost 30 years. And uh, where when you're using conventional financing, more of the property and income produced by the property is is more of a factor than just your personal uh, finances as opposed to maybe qualifying for a residential mortgage. So again, these are things that you need really need. And, and it's all based on the property specific. Somebody will call me and ask me for a quote on uh, uh, if I buy a million dollar property, what's my payment going to be? Well, it's all based on what we'll qualify for. Loan to value is based on how well that property will maintain the payment, uh-huh. the normal operating expenses. And we call it debt service. And normally, that property has to produce 125% of normal operating costs, and that would include your your mortgage payment, taxes, insurance, any maintenance, any staff that's involved. So again, it's really property specific. So when you're out looking for a commercial property or something that falls into that, most of the time, any good uh, listing agent will have a property pro forma that will have 
rent rolls, right. normal operating expenses, insurance. And if you really get serious about it, you can ask for um, uh, scrub tax returns from the seller uh-huh. to see exactly what he that product, that uh, property is producing uh, or losing in some cases. Sure. So again, Jessica, your phone number? Uh, 916-532-8916. Or you can just jump on reallifelending.com and we'll make sure Jessica gets your message. Or you can even text us at 925-203-5808. One of the things I want to mention real quick is I I am looking for a solid licensed NMLS licensed loan officer in the Bay Area. We've got a few there now. We're looking to grow our team. Give me a call personally, 925-203-5808. I would love to meet with you, buy lunch, and talk about the next move. Um, I also want to reach out to the agents in the Bay Area. If you have uh, any questions or you'd love to be on the show... Or because we're always looking for referral agents down Absolutely. in the Bay Area. Uh, give us a call. And Jessica, your number one more time. 916-532-8916. And same to agents. If they're listening and you have a client and you need to find a local realtor here to help, happy to help you and work with you. Absolutely. And if you want to get pre-approved, give me a call. Work with me personally. I'll come down. We'll shake your hand and we'll get some information. And that way you'll know exactly what you qualify for, what your payment will be, and what your out-of-pocket expenses will be on that next purchase. That's the best part of my job. I want to thank everybody for listening to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220. My name is Eric McKay. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, we'll be back next week. Have a great evening.